0: Tric督: tracks from abroad tracks <England> from abroad tracks from abroad
1: tracks
2: from abroad fakirani that... <Quebec> waliyani हम अलोमा गंजा कसी हंसते बिजानी मिस्री
3: te je fayde ruch Dustra dusra wa ham shani raat dai man ho da te tok kam zyada mai rang da la ast na badla waade bae de ke man kana gela chushe rocha fayde ni niwae ta dire batti roka I Did a
2: Iut 89.5 The Sound
1: of Your City
2: Dasta Dadejani Dasta Vatiyani Dujman Vaya Sangat Past Vada Baharani Vardham Vatarani Parja Mazani Randa Makanto Dilbar Mara Chigani Kanazari Sadwari Aulita mein Pyaareda Kanazari
4: Hello and welcome to Tracks from Abroad on CIUT 89.5 FM. My name is Jesse McDougal. I'm excited that you're here today. We are doing episode number 48 of the show focused on Pakistan. If you're just joining us for the first time, you can expect different countries every single week. Last week we visited Indonesia, and the way the show works is that we invite international students from the University of Toronto to come on and talk about their country, In addition to that, as you'll see on today's show, we talked to local artists in Toronto, bands coming through that are touring, that are from different countries or that play different instruments, that know about the broader world outside of our borders. And today we're going to hear from a very special one. But first, our student interviewee today is Latif Baloch. Latif is from Balochistan, the southwestern province of Pakistan, and he and I met at a political rally here in Toronto. You're going to hear that politics and social activism runs in this student's veins. Latif, you know, I'm very happy to have had Latif on the show, and I think you'll enjoy his interview. Next on the second part of the episode is Abbas John Muhammad. Abbas is a tabla player. Tabla being drums from Southern Asia. And Abbas was born here in Canada, but he's dedicated himself to playing this instrument at venues all across Toronto. And I was so lucky to bring Abbas here into the CIUT studios where he played his Tabla, explained all the different features and facets of the instrument, how they're made, and a whole lot more. So here, stay tuned on Tracks from Abroad. You're going to hear a live performance from Abbas. And lastly in this intro, I want to mention that CIUT in November is going to be starting a funding drive. It's fall funding drive. And I'm excited for that because we are going to do some live shows. We're going to record live in studio. The show will become a little more spontaneous and a little more flexible. We're going to have a lot of fun. And next week, I have three interviews scheduled for Botswana, Indigenous Canada, as well as Peru. We're staying busy here at Tracks from Abroad. And if you'd like to follow us, check out tfa.radio on Instagram. Now, I hope you'll enjoy my interview with Latif Baloch right here on Tracks from Abroad. You're joined by Latif. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Jesse. Well, first, I should mention where you're from. Yeah. Where are you from?
1: <laughs> I'm from Balochistan. Uh it's not a, like a uh, se- separate and free country right now. It's uh under Pakistan's control. Okay. And uh and, like when we talk the greater Baluchistan, about greater Balochistan, it's divided in three countries like uh, Interesting. Iran, some areas in Afghanistan, okay. and
4: Pakistan. So, so it's it's a region of the world. It's uh, crosses borders. It sounds like yes. kind of similar to the Kurdish people. We recently did a show on Kurdistan. Again, not a country that you'd necessarily hear of, yeah. but the Kurdish people are absolutely uh, vocal <laughs> that they exist, yeah. as are you. And we met in an interesting way. We met at an NDP rally for yeah. Jessica Bell. Yeah. That was up in the Annex, and it was a cold, cold day. But there you were. So you are very uh, a politically active person, I'd say, right?
1: Yeah, um, I was uh, working during the campaign. I was part of the uh, re-elect Jessica Bell uh, campaign. Mm-hmm. So before I did some volunteering, I'm hoping to do politics in the future here as oh, well. Oh, you are. Yeah. What do you study, Latif? I'm studying political science and uh, and critical studies and equity and solidarity at UFT.
4: Okay. Critical studies, equity, solidarity. Yeah. Let's see here. But now, outside of class, you also do some journalism. Tell us about the extracurricular things that you do.
1: Yeah, I do write about uh, 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 events happening in Balochistan, especially about human rights violations committed by Pakistani military, about abductions and extrajudicial killings and uh, collective punishment, and uh, uh, also we have our own non-profit organization. It's called Human Rights Council of Balochistan. I'm the deputy, direct, uh, deputy coordinator for the uh, organization. So my responsibilities are to uh, contact contact um, family members of the victims in Balochistan. I also uh, connect with different local and international organizations such as UN and Amnesty International. Especially in Balochistan, media is not allowed. People are not allowed to speak. Families are not allowed to expose uh, the cases of uh, abducted people and killed people. So uh, let's say my brother is abducted. If I talk, I bring it to the media, I bring it to to any court or international platform or organization, they're gonna pressurize my, pressurize my family. They're mm-hmm. gonna abduct another person to stop me doing this. So it is a hard, a very hard job. If someone abducted in Balochistan by military, we cannot directly contact their uh, family or someone in Balochistan. We try to find someone uh, close to that person living in, in another country, let's say in Europe or in Gulf country like Dubai or UAE. Through them, we can try to f- collect data of the person, get uh, information, what happened, why happened, where it happened, so...
4: Well, as you can hear, this is absolutely going to be a political show. We both study political science, and at the start of many shows on CIUT, there's sort of a political warning, which they'll say, the shows, the views expressed on this episode do not reflect the views of all of CIUT, just the people who created the show. Mm -hmm. Uh, We don't have... That that warning on tracks from abroad because the uh, the people at the station simply don't listen to our show enough. But today that might change. <laughs> that might change. We're going to be talking a lot about politics. But let's start small. We'll take a step back. Please tell us, Latif, how did you come to Canada?
1: It's a long story. Uh, I was a student uh, activist back home. I started my activism when I was like 15 in 2005. So then I became part of the student organization, it's called Baluch Student Organization. The BSO, so um, then I became I was so active I became the regional leader of the organization then I became part of the central leader of the organization we were very successful creating awareness bringing especially educating Baloch youth mm-hmm. and uh, to about what is happening in Balochistan why we are being exploited by Pakistani government what are our rights what we can do for our uh, people. Uh, so then, Pakistani military start abducting and killing, uh, uh, especially members of BSO and our leaders, and also other political parties. Pakistani military abducted our president at the time of, of the BSO, president of the BSO, Zaid Baloch, uh, on March twenty, March eighteenth, uh, two thousand fourteen. So then we decided to do something different, something more influential to create awareness, especially on international level. So we decided to the organization, the BSO decided to go for hunger strike. Right. So I was the first person to volunteer to sit on hunger strike. Like at the hunger strike, our program was if someone dies, then another one comes to replace to, until the our president was released but uh somehow uh thanks to uh, some human rights organization some of our intellectuals friends family members they they stopped us to but it went up until 20 sorry 46 days so it was disturbing i was uh very weak i was almost dying i lost like more than 25 kg and uh, sure. wet so then after that, uh, I couldn't stay there because I was exposed in media. There were lots of media reports about or is about or hunger strike, especially BBC World reported on it, Al Jazeera and other local uh, um, uh, media as well. So I was hiding. After my hunger strike, I couldn't go to hospital. when my health was so so bad, and I was I couldn't eat, I, was, I couldn't walk, I couldn't um, sleep. So I was hiding in a small room for months in a, uh, in Karachi. In a, we did our press sorry hunger strike in front of Karachi press club because we 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 knew if we do it in a, somewhere else, the Pakistan military going coming for us then in, in front of Press Club because there is international media and also local media they might don't do this so yeah after that I have a friend here I had a friend here he said he gonna do something they went to Canadian government uh, uh, directly to the immigration minister at that time so they asked for my documents and everything so somehow I managed some documents for me so I send it to them so then I have somehow I managed to uh, go to Dubai uh okay. for some months and i went to nepal and then i came to dubai again and then until waiting to get my um uh, like temporary visa to canada so in september 2015 i arrived in toronto
4: let's if that was a long story yeah it is that tough. was an odyssey
1: It was still the shortest
4: version. (laughs) That was the shortest version. I'm sure there was a lot more to it. Yeah. That is a lot to think about. And I think the best way for us to process that, of course, we're going to keep talking about this, but we're going to go on a music break. We're going to play some music from your region of the world, from Balochistan. And we will be back right here on Tracks from Abroad.
2: IUT 89.5 FM, celebrating 35 years as the sound of your city.
4: Welcome back to Tracks from Abroad. My name is Jesse McDougall. Today we are talking on the show about an interesting region of the world, which our guest is from Balochistan. We are here with Latif. What are your favorite memories from home growing up in that place?
1: Uh, To be honest, I grew up in very uh, bad circumstances, like... uh, um, um, coming from very poor family, uh, from very rural area, there's still no internet, no electricity, no health facilities, education, hospitals. So my, I think, uh, favorite memories were during my high school. Okay. So when I was uh, uh, living with my aunt in a like a bigger village in Awaran in, 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 in district where I'm from. Mm-hmm so we i i had i was i was i was i was always a social person i always go out i met many people did social work and we played different games and lots of friends uh, it was the best memories but right. it doesn't it didn't uh, go long because then after uh, 2005 uh, i got involved in uh, student activism then i got busy doing activism Everything is tough. We were just, You're just not allowed activism. to go uh, yeah. because we went hiding, and we didn't have chance to go to university, studies, and meet people, families, and friends. So, I saw
4: a very interesting video on your Instagram page. I, was it from a place called Karkikad? Yeah. Is that is that your hometown? Yes, somewhere? it's my village. It's, it's your Karkikad. village. Yeah. Okay. Now, the video is of you building a house from yeah. the very the very. From scratch, yeah. using um, some logs and digging—is that a common practice? It was amazing for me to see this enclosure uh, go up from hand by
1: hand. Yeah, it. You, we still there are people in Baluchistan that lived in hut houses or brush houses. In Baluchistan, they made it from the scratch. They make it from the scratch, like from woods and some other brushes. We dig the land to. Uh, uh, stand uh, woods and make a wall for the house then we uh, in, in the middle we have have to uh, stand another wood for the roof yep. bring it this way yep. so then they do it themselves so they made it the the roofs they made it with hand I know how to make a roof I yeah. know how to make a small, like carpet with brushes because I grew up our people um, uh, did it for living or make roofs, make uh, small carpets, and o- women's also, women do uh, embroidery mm-hmm. to just, it's their living, they don't have any job opportunity, they don't have any education, nothing. Yeah. So this is, uh, it's still is happening, it's still happening. Now because after, now mostly, most areas people have mud houses. Mm-hmm. How would you describe a typical day in Karki where you grew up? What is like,
4: you wake up, what do you do?
1: Oh, in my village? In your village. Oh, no! It's like a, when I wake up, I saw like especially women or the past they wake up, they do for bring water from well to we. They get it, it was like three hundred feet something, and they bring it, and they go there. They do in the early morning. They go for because it's a little village, but there is only one uh, well to get out uh, to bring water up. So. Everyone tried to go early to uh, make it earlier then because then they came back to they have to make uh, food. Like there's no like a typical breakfast in our area. We just make black teas. If, usually we have like goats and sheep. That time people have really good like organic milk tea. And uh, but for breakfast, we use, usually ate like a, a bread from last night we made. And uh after that, like you can see, men going for work. At so. there was a, there were that time there was a lots of livestock, but now because of drought and climate change, they are gone. And uh, kids, especially we were kids, we sometimes go to collect uh, wood, fire, firewood, mm-hmm. and also bring other stuff to. And women, you can see they after they're done, they are done with housework, then uh, they sit and, and start embroidery, like uh, making baluchi clothes and also some people make uh, older people make uh, uh, blankets and uh, and also carpets mm-hmm. there was a mountain we, we live in a, close to mountains so there's a small mountain so we went there uh, sit on it uh, and during the evening and yeah. all shepherds come from mountains yeah during the evening we sit together or as to, uh, elders everyone we we learn lots of stories like uh, fictional stories Okay, created by Baluch, like folk stories. Folk stories. Folk stories. So sometimes we just. um that nice. was the uh, nothing else we had, so I like hearing
4: I like hearing about that and I like hearing about the folk stories. Yeah. Let's go back to the way that we met. So we were at an NDP student sort of rally. <laughs> yeah. Going door to door, I yeah. think in something like February or March, um, yeah. trying to get this It was a cold day. It was a cold day. <laughs> trying to get Jessica Bell elected, yeah. which she would go on to be elected for a second time yeah. in that
1: riding. Why is it that you like the N D P party? I think um, many of my friends says, oh, what are you doing in NDP? Because they never make it to the government. They never make a government or something. I say it's not about making a government. I'm an activist. And in NDP, there are lots of activists. They're activist mind. They talk about small things. They talk about, about, talk about community things. They don't. And in, in, in liberals, when they know sometimes that things are wrong, but they don't say anything. They, they are very selective. They don't want to say anything. And that's why I think uh, I'm more into NDP right now. There are lots of, they can listen, especially Jessica Bell, when my friend Karima Baluch uh, uh, was also a very famous um, uh, human rights defender and politicians came from Baluchistan, and uh, she went missing and her body was found in uh, Toronto Island. I contacted, sorry, Christia Freeland because I was living in her riding so then they they didn't reply to my email. So Jessica Bell was the only MPP and a lawmaker in Ontario and in entire Canada. She spoke about my friend in the in, in legislative uh, building. So that's that's why I think like uh, I'm more into NDP right now. Sure. So, yeah.
4: We're gonna come back and we're gonna talk about Karima Megreb or Karima Baloch. But first, we're gonna take a music break. Again, we are talking about some heavy subjects. Let's enjoy some Balochi music right here on Tracks from Abroad.
3: tobhya mana sai
0: My name is Abbas Jan Muhammad. I play Tabla, and you're listening to Tracks from Abroad on CIUT 89.5 FM.
4: Hello and welcome back to Tracks from Abroad on CIUT 89.5 FM. Thanks very much for listening to our show. We are talking today about Balochistan, which is a region of the world. It sounds like it's split between Pakistan, what other countries, Latif? Iran and Pakistan, Afghanistan. Iran, Afghanistan. Yeah. Now, Latif... One thing I think is interesting about you is that your name is Baloch. It's in your name, where you're from. What does it mean to have that as your last name?
1: Uh, to be honest, uh, it is very common in, uh, uh, in Balochistan, especially yeah. in our community. Okay. Pakistani government is trying to uh, basically erase our identity and... Uh, that's why we use our Baloch uh, with our name. It's not our last name. It's not our first name.
4: Mm-hmm. If you're being sought by the government, obviously it's dangerous to have that that as your name. And yeah. as we saw mm-hmm. with uh, Karima yeah. Baloch, yeah. can you talk about her? We mentioned her before, but 37-year-old who recently mm-hmm. died.
1: Yeah, Karima was uh, very brave and outspoken female uh, uh, rights campaigner and politician in Baluchistan, She uh, started her um, uh, uh, politics also from uh, Baloch student organizations in 2000, 2006. And uh, she was uh, very brave and she was very active and because of her uh, activism, because of her interest in politics, because uh, her care for the people of Baluchistan. She soon became uh, the leader of the organization. So she was attacked many times. Her family was attacked. Her houses were attacked. And uh, she came also similar way to uh, Canada, as uh, like I came. Mm-hmm. She came in November 2015. She was also named by... Uh, BBC World uh, and 100 influential and influential women around the world in 2016. Mm -hmm. She was also a student at U of T and uh, her death by Toronto police declared as suicide. But many, many, not only us, many human rights organizations, including Amnesty International and uh, some Canadian politicians also asked the Canadian government to do a better investigation so
4: now given that you have gone through so much whether it be hunger strikes Mm. seeing friends uh, pass away under dubious circumstances do you believe that that affects you in any way do you have any post-traumatic stress attached to those those instances because if I had the Canadian government pursuing me because of the activism that I was doing that would really affect the way that I live my life. Does that happen to you? Yeah,
1: of course. I think it is. It is natural. It's universal, and uh, especially coming from a region, it's still under attack. It's still, people are being abducted and killed. People you know them. Many people I like really close my friends killed. Of course, it's like mentally very disturbing. It disturbed my um, after coming here. Also, still not. It's kind of like a PTSD is a different thing, but it's still happening with me. It is like I lost my another good friend, like a family friend and leader, Karima, here as well. My life was also became in danger. There are lots of things I cannot do in Canada as well. Even at some point, uh, I didn't bring it to the media yet, U of T asked me not to come to attend classes would, because they were saying would, uh, I might get attacked and it hurts other students. So, But I said, like, what are you guys doing? I came here to be saved. I came here, like, UFT is a huge... Uh, institutions and Pakistan is not that so powerful to attack like, a Western institution. That was crazy. Like the Toronto, like campus police was like a little rude. They uh, they promised me to they manage uh, my courses. I can do it from online, but I still was refusing. But refusing, but they still couldn't manage the courses to online because courses were in person, right? So these kind of situations, these kind of circumstances, though I think uh, mental issues, mental health always disturbed and mine is disturbed and I can't sleep I cannot focus
4: looking into the future Mm Latif what would you like to see happen in Balochistan over the next 10
1: years it should be a peaceful solution and especially I want my own people to be more professional to be more uh, finding allies all around the world more documentation and I my Focus would be international organization, and Western government, especially U.S., because U.S. has a huge influence in the region all around the world. They went to Afghanistan. They spent trillions of dollars. Killed many people. Troops were killed there. And they went to Iraq. They went to, but they couldn't find any solution. They're basically protecting their values. Hmm. Yeah.
4: Well, Latif Baloch, thank you very much for coming on to Tracks from Abroad to tell us about your life, your country. And all of all of the above. Thank you very much for speaking with us.
1: Thank you, Jesse. It's nice to being with you in this show. So hope in future we will do again.
4: are listening to Tracks From Abroad on CIUT 89.5 FM. My name is Jesse McDougall. Today we are doing a show on Pakistan, and for the first part of the show, we welcome Latif Baloch to our studio. Thank you very much to Latif for coming in, and now I would like to introduce Abbas John Muhammad. He is a tabla player here in Toronto, and together we talk about his South Asian instrument. Here's my interview with Abbas right here on Tracks From Abroad. <laughs> Today we are in the studio with an artist. We love these moments when they come on in. And today is extra special because the artist who is sitting across from me has a tabla, some tabla drums. We're going to hear from those as well. Abbas, welcome to Tracks from Abroad.
0: Thanks for having me, Jesse. Great to be here. Nice to meet you. Thank you.
4: Thank you. We're excited to have you. I want to talk about the way that we met. We met through a CIUT to Small World Music Connection. Tell us about Small World Music. What is that?
0: So Small World, Small World Music uh, is an organization that puts on a bunch of concerts, uh, organizes, um, I, I would call them like a cultural hub. They, they, they um, help emerging artists. They um, provide a space for local artists to perform and uh, network and connect with other people. And they just, yeah, I, I would say it's like a platform, a real um, vibrant like cultural hub in the city. Yeah. They have a program called the Emergence Programme. Um, where they they help out new and emerging artists, kind of like launching their career um, or just getting used to the music scene in Canada, mm-hmm. and they provide them a bunch of resources. So I was I was selected to be a part of their twenty twenty cohort for emerging artists, um, and I met a whole bunch of other amazing musicians and uh, And so that's small world, basically. It sounds like they do a whole bunch of bunch of different so things. Many things. That's yeah.
4: great that they support emerging artists. And some of the performances I've seen from you are at different museums and different locations. Where do you like to perform in Toronto?
0: Lately I've been performing quite a bit in Kensington. There mm-hmm. are a few locations, but um, one that has really become quite uh, a regular place is called the Ood and the Fuzz. Absolutely. Um,
4: yeah, we've, we've. Um, well, I've gone there. I've really enjoyed myself here. Sometimes they have DJ sets, right? They have people playing guitar and things. When you go, do you play by yourself or with other folks?
0: At the Ood and the Fuzz, I'm playing generally with uh, a few of my close friends that I play with musically and uh, we have a group called Running Rivers and we've been playing there over the summer which has been really nice. Nice. Um, Also the guys from the Ud and the Fuzz have opened up a new location called Tapestry also in Kensington Um, and that looks like a really beautiful space. They took over the poetry cafe that used to be over there. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's it's very exciting. It's a, it's a beautiful space. It's very inspiring. And it's just a good group of people who are just interested in getting together and making music. It's certainly, yeah. certainly.
4: Now, on the menu there, they have an interesting menu, um, eclectic, I'd say. What is your
0: favorite thing to get? I think the hummus is delicious. Karine is just, she is one of the chefs there. And she's Phenomenal, like she, like her, her meals are just, they're beautifully presented, they're delicious, they're healthy. Usually if I'm eating there, it's going to be the hummus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice.
4: Well, can you talk broadly about Kensington as a hub for international music? You can go there during the summer, which I did many times, and see yeah. some amazing
0: acts. What do you like to go in, and see? Um, you know, in terms of actually going to watch concerts and stuff, I would say I, I've gone to see a lot of Indian classical concerts at mm. other venues like the Aga Khan Museum. Sure. So that's that's a that's a venue that I'm quite familiar with in terms of like going to check out concerts and stuff. It's really incredible. I mean like it's a beautiful venue. Yeah, I I recently, I guess in the last couple of years, have had two opportunities to go and do some recording there. One with my friend Samida Jo who is a, a really wonderful vocalist, and another with um, Samida and another friend of mine named Zishan. Yeah, it, it was really an amazing experience. It also happened during the pandemic. Uh, both of these um, kind of happened. I at noticed. The I think yeah. the camera panned to the audience, and it was like, oh. <laughs> there was nobody <laughs> there. Yeah. They're online, was, I suppose. Totally. Yeah. It was it was completely empty, but an amazing experience to be on that stage and to record there. Abbas, what brought you to play this instrument? Um, so I, I grew up in Calgary, uh, and I didn't have a lot of exposure to my South Asian heritage over there. Um, so when I had an opportunity to learn the drums, that was some just exposure to the culture and um, to the musical traditions. And I, I just really took to it. I loved it a lot. And uh, and then eventually I decided uh, during my university years to just, you know, pursue it a little bit more. And, mm-hmm. and um, I ended up getting a scholarship or um, a fellowship from an organization called the Shastri Indo-Canadian Institute. And they funded my um, study to go actually move over to India and study classical percussion over there, which was really a great experience. It was a life-changing experience. Mm-hmm. And I think it felt um, foreign and familiar, like, at the same time. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I am of South Asian origin, but I had never been to India before, so it was a totally new experience for me. And also, uh, you know, I had grown up in, a, in you know, Southwest Calgary, which is uh, a very different um, demographic, I guess you could sure. say.
4: Onto the tablet itself. Um, This is something, you know, just a few years ago, I really wouldn't have known what people were talking about if they said the tabla, you know, the tabla.
0: Can you tell us in in broad strokes, what's the basics of this drum? And it's actually two drums. Two drums, yeah. So the pair itself is referred to as the tabla. They can be referred to separately. So the right side is called the daya, which means right. Mm -hmm. And the left side uh, is referred to as the baya, which means left. And they both have distinct sounds that they produce. Uh, the right side is made generally of a wooden shell, capped with uh, skin, a skin head, and that's fastened to the shell with leather straps. And then it has wooden pegs that are used to increase and decrease the surface tension mm. to um, to tune the right side drum to gotcha. th- to the tonic of whatever scale that you are are playing in. And and then the left side is um, it has a, a metal shell. It's uh, it's a little bit more cylindrical, and uh, it has a bass sound.
4: So where was the allure for this drums? Why is it that you wanted to dedicate so much time traveling to a different country just for these drums?
0: They are just magical to me. I mean, I I just feel like there's such a variety of sound that you can produce from from these drums. Um, And uh, you're using your hands, but more than using your hands, you're also using your fingers. Hmm. So there is a certain level of conscious awareness of what each finger needs to be doing The combination of sounds, the vocabulary, the repertoire, the different contexts in which it's used. There's so many things about this drum. Like, I just, I I, I can talk a lot about it. For
4: sure. Well, let's get right into it. We have the drum right here in the studio. Yeah. Let's let's start down there. And I'm impressed also because this instrument, you have to sit a certain way to play it. Right. And so you're going to crisscross right up. Yes. And and we're going to listen.
0: Okay. So on the right side, we have the daya. Um, that's the, the drum that's tuned to the tonic. There are three separate spots to, str- to strike. There is the outside edge, which is called the kinar. There's the middle area between the black spot and the edge, which is called the midan. And then there's the black spot, which is called the siyai. And each, each, each area, uh, you use um, you know, a certain finger on that area to create a certain sound. So on the outside edge with my first finger, that note is called and it sounds like this and then if I use my first finger in the middle area that note is called din, and it sounds like this and then with the middle finger or the first finger um, a closed sound on the black spot that would be referred to as thita. so very very different s- sounds and another one that is also quite different is an open sound with the first finger on the black spot, just sort of like a glancing strike, and it's called tin, or tun. Depending on the context in which it's played, it, the, how you pronounce the note changes. Um, and then on the left side, you have two basic sounds, which are open and closed. So you have a note called ghe, which is um, the open sound. And then you have a note called kat, so the way that I would think of it is that you can think of these notes as, like, letters, um, and then you can combine letters to create a word, and that word now has some significance because it's, you know, a combination of these letters. And then these words can then be combined to form a phrase, which also carries some, sig- some rhythmic significance. You know, understanding the letters is fundamental to understanding basically all of the repertoire in in,
4: tabla. In the map room studio at c i u t we're 13, listening to a boss on the tabla
0: fifteen sixteen da then then da da then then da, da da then then da da then then da, din, din, da, din, din, da. So you know, you asked me earlier about um, some of the things that I appreciate about tabla, and one of the things I really appreciate is the fact that it's used in so many contexts um, in in South Asia. It's pop music, but it's also used in a lot of devotional music. It's um, used in classical settings, in semi-classical settings, in dance settings, um, as a solo repertoire, as a solo instrument, as an accompanying instrument, and and I think it's just a very versatile sound, you know. Um, and I think it also has a lot of potential to be used um, in Western context while maintaining, you know, the integrity of the the traditional and classical material, and then it has its own repertoire of solo material by by many uh, really great artists from India and Pakistan, um, who just play, you know, like hour, two hour long solos of just purely tabla repertoire where they would have. A melodic instrument like the sarangi or the sitar providing um, melodic accompaniment, keeping effectively keeping the time so that they are free to improvise rhythmically over top of that. So it's very interesting.
4: Lovely. Yeah. Would we be able to hear another piece from you?
0: So I'll uh, attempt to play um, a faster tintal cycle called drut tintal. So 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, one, two, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8.
4: Listening to Tracks from Abroad on CIUT 89.5 FM. My name is Jesse McDougall, and you just heard some of Abbas John Mohammed playing the tabla. On this show today, we are talking about Pakistan and also about Southwestern Asia and the instruments that you would find there. So please enjoy the rest of my interview with Abbas John Mohammed right here on Tracks from Abroad. Well, Abbas, I'm going to welcome you back up to the uh, the radio table here. We'll get you back on this microphone. But thank you very much for playing that tablet instrument.
0: Oh, it's it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me here, Jesse. It's great. Well, Abbas, now that
4: we're back uh, in the, uh, the proper radio booth here, we have to say thank you to Umer Jaffer of uh, of Small World Music. He really helped this interview come together. What can you
0: say about him and then other folks
4: that have helped you along the way?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, I just want to say that everybody at Small World has been so helpful and uh supportive and just really incredible people that do a great job at everything that they do their whole facility is, has uh, during the pandemic been transformed into a recording facility um and they just put on a great festival over the summer um so yeah Omera jaffer alan davis and everybody reza the, the the sound person over there just everybody that is involved that small world has been Excellent, and I'm really glad that they put us in touch. I am as
4: well. I think I've got to stay in touch because it's really the ultimate organization to pair up with this show, going to different countries around the world, and then wanting to look into and invest in international music here in Toronto, of which there's so much of. And of course, you can also find
0: some of your performances online, right? Where should people look for those? For sure, there's a few recordings on YouTube. I had a chance to play with. Um, some local musicians at a ragmala performance uh, last year, Andrew Kay and Bunkaj Mishra on sarangi. There's a recording of Samida and I um, on YouTube as well at the Aga Khan Museum, mm-hmm. and hopefully will, there will be some other stuff coming out uh, soon enough.
4: Fantastic, yeah. Abbas. It's been great to have you on. And double thank you goes out to Umeir Jaffer of Small World Music for putting this together.
0: Thanks for coming on the show. Thanks, Jesse. <laughs>
3: money
2: On from the human rights and you're listening to tracks from abroad with my man jesse yeah on ciut 89.5 fm